Me and Tim are going to do this. What are we doing? Growing a hair out? We're going to get some man buns. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> Welcome to Beyond the Table, a podcast about a team of folks who love publishing and playing board games, with topics ranging from capstone games news and industry insights to games we're playing and fun we're having. This is episode two, recorded on April 19th, and we're going to do it again. Hey, everybody, I'm Jillian, and I'm one of the hosts for Beyond the Table. Hey, folks, Tim here. Hey, I'm Justin, and I do some things with Capstone from time to time. Hey, it's Clay. In today's episode, after a quick intro with our latest panel member and our latest gaming stories, we'll slide into Capstone Corner for some company news of the day. We're going to follow that up with an old-fashioned origin story of Capstone Games as a publisher, where we all talk about the beginning of the company and how each of us began our involvement. Then we'll close this episode out by fielding a few of your questions from our Capstone Discord and Twitter. So now, join me and my awesome co-host, Tim, as we kick off our discussion that goes beyond the table. To start us off, we have Justin Searcy, who happens to be Clay and I's cousin and also does some stuff with Capstone, as he mentioned earlier. He's pretty much been here since day one. So, Justin... We'll start with you. What have you been playing lately that has you excited? Unfortunately, I have not gotten a lot of chances to play a lot of things uh, recently. There's definitely some things I want to play. So I guess that's that, <laughs> that's where I would I would leave you off. I've been thinking about, you know, with uh, COVID and all that stuff. And since we're stuck in the house, I'm trying to get my wife to play a few more games with me. And so I've been trying to pitch the ideas of like playing Shobu, if anybody's played that. Um, Star Realms, I know Clay and I both have enjoyed that at, at some point in time. And then Riot Games, who does League of Legends and stuff, has a game called Tellstones out that I have that I've been wanting to try. So, and then on the solo end, I've really wanted to play um, uh, Stilico, which Clay gave me to try out, but I haven't gotten a chance to. So, oh, you it's, unfortunate. That. it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate I haven't gotten to play much, but <laughs> I look forward to trying those out when I can actually do so. Shobu is so good. Shobu yeah, sh- is really good. And I remember, what was it? Oh, Gen I remember Con. Tim. Yeah, Tim beating me at Gen Con several times. And no, it was um, Pax. I think. Oh. So at PAX, I can't. I I think I got my butt kicked by Tim on several occasions on that <laughs> one. It's just such a simple distilled version of a of an abstract four boards and a handful of rocks, basically a real solid abstract that fits in that genre. If you like components, that's a great game because the rocks, the are the boards wooden? I can't remember. Yeah, board, boards yeah, are wooden. The boards are wooden. And then oh, the rope. The rope. I was going to yeah. say, we can't forget the most important component, the piece of rope in between yeah. the boards. That means absolutely nothing. Oh, I was going to ask if it had anything to do with it. I'm sad that there's nothing that it goes with it. Does. It separates a border, but uh, it's so tactile. It's imaginary. Your two boards versus the other two two players' boards. 
All right. Out of those three games, which one am I putting on my list that you guys are recommending me? Because I think I have like 20 plus games on there already. (laughs) (laughs) Stilico. (laughs) Stilico is great. But for you and Eric, I would suggest Star Realms, especially if you haven't played Magic or something like that. It's a great two player jump into that type of card game. Or Shobu, if you guys just want to rip each other's heads off in anger. Oh, that's every that's every day already. So, <laughs> <laughs> Shobu's great though. I feel like that's a isn't it like fifteen minutes max? Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Star Realms is quick too, but yeah, unless it really locks up, which I've I can't imagine. I've played one over probably yeah, probably about ten or fifteen minutes is about but what it tends to run. Yeah, I think that long game that we had at PAX was probably closer to fifteen. Yep. Yeah, it's classic. I like it. So have you just not gotten games to the table just because you've been busy? Or because I remember an older conversation that you and I had that Alex, your wife, played D&D. So is she, has she not really been into like board games or is she mostly into like D&D type of stuff? She hasn't been really much into any of it, honestly. She's been heavy into video games. So we haven't gotten the chance to just sit down and play. So that's mainly it. I I wait on uh, the chance for Tim and Clay and you guys to come over. That's what we're trying to work on. I know Clay is really busy, but if I can get somebody over here, I'll entice them with the bar downstairs. (laughs) I like that. That's very nice. No yeah. kids, though. It's got to be a kid-free weekend for me to do it. And those yeah. those are hard because we don't have my parents or her parents anywhere close to, to drop them off. So mm-hmm. someday, someday we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. In the meantime, um, I think I'm actually going to, once I get vaccinated and things start winding down, I do want to try and find a group here in Columbus. I know Columbus has a really good board gaming scene and uh, Tim has done some of the stuff with like cabs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If anybody's ever at origins, you'll see their stuff around. They host a big board game area. So yeah, there's a big board game scene here and I, I hope to find some people uh, locally that I can just do some, some quick gaming with. No, that's a solid just overall group, but their 18 XX scene is sweet. I mean, it's really competitive, but also, uh, didn't run into any, any folks, you know, the, the other curmudgeons that 18XX is kind of known for. It's not too bad in that group. Actually, it's a real good group of folks. And also, like I was saying, pretty competitive. All right, Tim, what have you been playing recently? Oh my goodness. So three of the last four weeks we've played, uh, Three Kingdoms Redux. So episode one, we were talking a little bit about that. Uh, that has been an absolute joy. And we've actually, uh, I think we played the, the same three people twice and then we pulled one out and put in a different person on the third play. For the most part, we basically um, walked around the table. So I was able to play all three factions. So that was a, uh, that was a, you know, uh, we're to the point where we're getting it done in an hour and 40 minutes Whoa. to just over two hours. And in that, uh, you know, probably a seven to nine round game. Uh, and, and they're just, uh, for the most part, pretty quick, pretty snappy for that game. And there's just so much going on with that. And again, I think we talked about last time, but the generals brings so much replayability and then also the, uh, unification. And, oh boy, what are the other, uh, is it separation cards? I think 
the uh, different buildings and uh, monuments that you can you can build it just makes the replayability just excellent. So this group we talked last month and Three Kingdoms was on. Is this the same group from then? Yep, yep, same group. So it's Josh uh, Denmead that we talked with last uh, last month, yeah. and then Fulton and Brian. Okay, and br- this is Brian's number one favorite game. So all three had me and him, and then uh, two of them had Denmead and one of them had Fulton. So oh, yeah, obviously. It's fun. It's a good time. What I'm curious about is I don't get to talk to a lot of people that have played this game to the extent of somebody that's gotten double digit plays here. And sure. I just want to know your feeling like, is there like a, a faction that you more, that more resembles your play style or something that gravitates you towards a certain faction or what that would be that pulls you to that faction to play it? We talked about this last time, but my favorite favorite is shoe. I just, kind of like the having to um, kind of bide your time and then uh, get really active near mid game and, and really ramp up just because you don't have as many generals as the other, yeah. as the other factions. I mean, it's completely asymmetrical, right? Even the quantity of generals and the uh, position of each of the factions just makes it a totally different game. And again, with this, I really just, for the most part, adjusted my style to whatever was available. So from that standpoint, it's a little bit more tactical than strategic I mean, you really have to just take advantage of what the game presents to you in your general draw, and then also in your uh, in those building the unification and separation cards. Yeah, I like when games do that. They give you this stuff out of a whole deck of cards. This is what you're given, and you just have to roll with it. And that's I, I love that. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. And it's not a ton. I mean, you're, you, I think you start off with six generals and depending on where you sit, you pick four, three or two. Yeah. And then the other is, uh, you know, you're between what three or maybe four and six of the other cards. So especially at the beginning, it's a little bit of a puzzle, just figuring out exactly what you want to do, especially for the first couple of rounds till you get another general. Jill, you should bring that to the warehouse and we could play that tomorrow or something. Cause yeah. man, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. That's one capstone game I actually, I have, obviously, but I have not gotten the chance to try. I've seen it explained at conventions a million times, and I know <laughs> I could probably play it just from that. But but yeah, I haven't gotten the chance to bring it to the table yet. We bought it, actually, off of Board Game Geek, and Eric used his capstone email. So the person probably was just like, why am I sending this <laughs> to somebody Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's so, funny. Um, yeah, because we don't have any at the warehouse, I don't think. And if mm-hmm. we do, it's probably like for missing pieces and all that. So, yeah, we it's just been sitting on our shelf for a couple of weeks and haven't had the time to play it. So we'll maybe bring it down tomorrow. It's a good one. If, if you like worker placements, a little bit of um, almost like an auction outbidding with the generals on the uh, you know worker placement spots. It's, it's an, a neat little tug of war. I like it. But only heard good things, and people seem to absolutely love it on Board Game Geek. So, yeah, gotta try it. All right, very good. The next one I had was, and I just played this this weekend for the first time. I've had my hands on it for a while. It was uh, a War of Whispers from Starling Games, and this is another one. So it's a uh, it's a worker placement kind of action selection with some minor programming going on. In that the uh, all the action spaces. You resolve them in a specific order. So the board is a circle of action spaces. 
game's four rounds and uh, each round is two phases first phase you're putting out agents so which are basically your workers out under the board and then the second phase is resolving just going around the around the board so the overall part of it though is um or the setting i guess it's five competing empires on that board which just has you know some some geography basically a map to it and those empires are trying to take over cities that are spaced throughout that map and then the players actually aren't involved with the empires. They're actually leaders of like shadowy guilds or secret societies that are influencing and guiding the actions of the empires. And that's a lot of the actions that are around the outside of the board. At the very beginning, you have empire tokens that you randomize on your, um, on your player board to determine where your allegiances lie. The five different slots where the, uh, where the five empire tokens go. The first one being, I think it's four times then three times, then two times, then a zero, and then a negative one times. And the idea is at the end of the game, you take the quantity of cities that that empire controls and you multiply it by that factor, um, wherever it is on your, on your specific board. So it definitely has a, you know, shifting alliances, covert actions feel that almost has a, like a, a something reminiscent of, of Game of Thrones where you're doing the, uh, the shady deals in the dark where you're pitting factions against each other just to knock out their troops because, oh yeah, by the way, they're your bottom two factions and you don't want them to hold any of the cities. <laughs> so you kind of just run them into walls. It's and, a bunch uh, of Lannisters that yep. are fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on with the game and a lot of, again, the the uh, shared incentives, shifting alliances, and we taught and played the game in just under an hour oh wow yeah which a game like this it's kind of a if you're familiar with any of the uh the original game of thrones board game which can be you know it's one of these half a day plus games yeah it takes a a lot of that activity and just condenses it into a you know again that hour space which i think is just amazing that's interesting yeah i've not heard of that one but it sounds pretty cool when you were talking about the controlling and the multiplying of the cities or the you multiply it by the factor whatever that is yep yep whatever the uh whatever that token is on your board yeah the quantity of the cities times that factor that sounds pretty interesting it's plus neat. the programming part i like that when they have that as a mechanic in the games i was gonna say clay based on uh based on the games i know you've been pulled um that, is, that have drawn you in in the past i could see you really getting getting into this one or liking it mm-hmm. it almost has a little bit of a cube rails feel to it without the uh the route building obviously but it has the the military side nice. instead of the route building the military side of cube rails yeah exactly mm. what <laughs> <laughs> Just picture it. Pulls okay. out the routes and adds adds the military. Okay. It's, it's fun. It's a good time. Brutal. I keep saying it, but it's a good time. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to add it to Clay's list now. And yes, Jillian, I would add this to your list as well. Okay. It's going Jillian on has an ever-growing ever list of games that we are bombarding. How's that way. coming along, Jill? It's easily two pages. Have you bought now. anything? <laughs> no, and I like we don't have the room. Like I don't know where it's gonna go. Like I, we live in a two-bedroom apartment in downtown Columbus, which is like less than a thousand square feet. So I don't think what? it's that much room at all. <laughs> so lucky for you, I have a storage unit. 
<laughs> it is temperature controlled. We can set some Galax units up in it, no problem. Some of your teal ones that you've yeah. offered me before. <laughs> I do have two teal ones. <laughs> and this isn't this isn't necessarily one that you you got to buy. I've got a copy. Let's just get together and and get yeah. it out on the table. That's okay. I, I think it'd be a good one for you to play. Okay. Especially you like the couple games of Pax Premier that we played. Mm-hmm. It it has a little bit of that feel as well, where you're working with others. This one's a little bit more shadowy, where you can't see what other people are trying to do. Oh, okay, where I Pax like Premier, you know, you you have their tableaus and you can you can deduce what they're trying to do, but this is you just see their actions and then based on that, make some assumptions. Mm-hmm. It was really neat, especially for the amount of time that the game played. Now I see why you like this game. <laughs> you can be <laughs> sneaky. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> sneaky sneaky. Jill and I are in the same city, so just I just we just need one of you two to either come down or come up. Yeah. <laughs> and we're good. You let me know when. Yeah. I've already got some shots on my arm, so you let me know when. I'll I'll head that direction. Yeah. We're we're fully vaccinated as of May. Seventh, I think is the day that we'll be fully vaccinated. So any day go. after that. All right, Clay. Speaking know- of cities. Yeah. <laughs> this is my transition. <laughs> it was amazing. That was an amazing transition. <laughs> my city <laughs> by Kinesia. Um, this is a big box game. We were at Barnes and Noble. Every time I go in there, I just want to take a quick peek at the board game shelves and my city, I saw the shut up and sit down review and I was like, okay, coins has me sold on this so easily. And uh, I picked it up for the kids and just as the family to play. And it's a tile placement game. You flip over a card and whatever you find that tile in your stack of tiles and place it on your map. There's some rules in there about covering spaces up and whatever, but that's all it is. It's really fun. My seven-year-old and my four-year-old can play it. Well, the four-year-old, not so much, but he's there having a good time, like finding the actual tile. Oh, this is the building. I found it. And putting it on his little map. It's, it's just playing with your own kids is such a rewarding experience, but it's a legacy game. So as you play each round, you get stickers and new things come out on your board. And so at the end of the game, Mason didn't win and he's going through the phase of learning how to accept defeat and <laughs> oh boy yeah it's 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 a <laughs> yes. tough one now so so is my 17 year old i was gonna throw that out there <laughs> so it doesn't go away okay all right <laughs> not for her <laughs> so mason uh we were like okay so mom got first so she gets two circles on her board you get a color in these circles and then he's i want to color it a circle it's like I'll get to you in a second, buddy. So I got second. And then so I get a little sticker and uh, or something. And he's like, he's like, I want a sticker or whatever. So we get to him. And I was like, you get a tree that you get to put on your board. And it's really cool because trees give you bonus points at the end of the game if you don't have oh them covered up. And so we explained that to him. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And I said, <laughs> now, because you didn't get first place, mom, who got first place, gets rocks, who has to put that on her board. And rocks, as you know, give negative points if you don't cover them up. So it's just, and he was like, oh, like it, it was just a cool <laughs> moment, you know? So that, that kind of 
atmosphere is just really rewarding for me right now. I do uh, miss playing games with with you guys on a on a deeper level and stuff. I got bayonets and tomahawks in from GMT. Ooh. Would just absolutely love to play that. Another game we played is a bunch of NSV game. Like they they made the mind, the game, illusion. They we did stick them with them, and they sent me a whole pack of their games that they're doing for 2021. We played a game called Tracks. It's a train game with cards. It's a flip and right. So you flip over a card and there's a hex grid that you have and you're, you've got this trail of this line that you're drawing on this map and you're just trying to hit certain points. And when you flip over the card, it tells you which locations you can enter. And it's just a fun game where you find out you screw yourself halfway through it. You don't realize it till the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a one to four player game and it plays in, I'm looking at the box, 15 minutes. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's really great. I, that's probably my favorite of all the games they've sent. Another notable one is uh, Dice Land, another train game. And <laughs> instead of using cards, you're rolling dice. And it's fun because it's got a push your luck element. You can roll six dice, uh, colors on each face, a hex grid. So you've got all these different colors and you have a starting location. You roll the dice, anything that matches you're going to pick a color, whatever that color is, you're going to set those dice aside and you can keep rolling or you can stop rolling. And so you, you decide to keep rolling. And if you roll some more of that color, you, you push it to the side and you, you make that decision again. And if you don't, that's it. Whatever you had rolled previously is what you're going to mark off on your board. You could shoot yourself in the foot by rolling too many of that color where you can't cross off the exact amount. There's, you know, too, too few space spaces for those dice. Uh, it's just a great game where everybody's playing at the same time because when I'm done rolling the dice, after I use all of mine, you all get the leftovers. And so you're always watching what they're doing, but it's a race game. So with that, I mean, is there a little bit of a drafting element to it? Yeah, you roll the dice and you're going to select, okay, I'm next to this big section of gray. I rolled three gray, so I'm going to put my gray to the side and I'll roll again. If I roll three more gray, so a total of six, that would screw me because... I only have five gray spaces, so I can't oh, I couldn't use boy. any of them. Okay. So but then they got bonus roll sections. Like if you cross off this star location, you get bonus rolls and it's just a fun family game. Just gives you a nice little feel for like 15, 20 minutes and you're on to something else. It's something that can hold the attention of children, which is is really important right now when we're playing with the family. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I hear you. So but yeah, so we played a bunch of NSV games. Great stuff. I still like Stick'em as my favorite. That game is just so good. But one other game I want to talk about is Rift Force. And we are going to be doing this. This is going to be a capstone game under the family brand because this game is so accessible. It reminds me of a Netrunner, a Magic the Gathering, a CCG style game. But you don't have to worry about that. Everything is in the box. So if you're intimidated by this huge barrier of I got to get all these sets now. I got to get two core sets, whatever it is. You just buy this game and it's good to go. There's 10 different factions inside the game box and they all are asymmetric. They have their own unique abilities in the way they play. You're fighting over five locations and the gameplay here is so fine tuned. It's by this company, this brand new company called one more time games out of Austria. And it literally is like has that feeling of like when you're done, you're just like, well, let's just do it one more time. 
It's just, <laughs> it's that addictive. Um, I, I'm not overselling that at all. That is 100% to a T fits this game, but it's like Uno. So on your turn, you have a hand of cards and you're going to either play the number, the same number, five, six, or seven. Those are the only values of cards you have in your hand or the same color or suit, or in this game, the elemental, which is one of the 10 guilds. You have four guilds and each guild has a bunch of fives, a few sixes, and just a couple sevens. And so you don't realize that probability until you play your second game. I mean, if you're sm- if you're pretty smart, you'll, you'll catch on to that pretty quickly. But you shuffle your deck and you draw, I think, five cards or seven cards or whatever it is. And you play based on that hand. And it is such a deep game just for playing. That's the rule. It's it's essentially Uno where you're selecting the color or the or the number. But then it goes deeper than that with the abilities and how they manipulate the game state. Really great game. I love this game. It's it's awesome. Now, it looked like you were playing playing cards on your side of, I, I couldn't tell what it was. It's almost it looks like rift, a, a river. <laughs> oh, it's a rift? Yeah. Yeah. Thematically, course. yes. Yeah, so okay. you're, you're racing to get 12 points. And on your turn, you can either play cards from your hand onto one of the five locations on the rift, whatever it is. It's just five card locations, whatever. It has to either be the same number or the same color. And you can, you can split them up or put them in one location. You can do a maximum of three. And then the other option is instead of playing them on the table, they're already there. I want to activate my guys so I can defeat whoever's across that same card. And again, each unit has their own ability. So learning how your four different elementals work together is really cool to, to figure out and just see how that works and interacts with each other. The same rules apply. You play the same number. You play a number card or a color, and you're going to activate whatever uh, elementals that you can in front of you. Um, and if you defeat an elemental on the other side, you get some points for that. The, the third option you can do is you draw up to seven cards. And while you're doing that, you'll look at each location. And if you have an elemental at that location, but nobody else is on the other side, you will get a point for that as well. So there's some abstract strategy elements to it. In that regard, where you want to make sure you have all of your, you, you don't have empty locations where the the opponent can just quickly gain a point or two. Because as soon as you hit twelve points, it's game over. It's fast. It's very oh, wow. fast. Yeah, I want to say twenty sounds, minutes. It's twenty minutes. It's fast. That sounds neat. How many factions did you say? Ten come there's, in the just the base box. Yeah, there's ten, and you each will get four. Um, you shuffle all the cards up, and then you you've got a hand of cards and. So after my second game, for those that have played, my dream combo right now is to, to play with the light, the Thunderbolt lightning team, um, the plants, the earth, and I forget the third, the fourth. I think the fourth one was ice because they all do different things. Like if, for example, if you have the earth golem guy and you start playing them at locations, no matter when you play the earth guy um, on the other side, no matter what stack there, everything in that row gets one damage just just by spawning that character there. The plant guy pulls people over to its current row and then does some severe damage to it. There's just so many unique things that you can do in combo. I'm writing it's, it all it's a down right now, so I can make sure that I can. You don't get that if I ever play it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> one, th- I do want to. There's one faction, the Crystal faction. It's a beautiful fuchsia color. They're mean. They do an insane amount of damage. They do four damage, which is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You have so your health in this game is either five, six, or seven, depending on the the number of the card. And they do four damage. So if you have two of those people on one side and you activate them, that's like auto auto kill right there mm-hmm. for anything that goes there. And so, however, if somebody kills one of your uh, crystal elementals, they get not one, but two points. And you can just escalate that so quickly. It's just how to play those guys. I don't even know how to do that yet, but it's such a great game. It is. We had a good time playing it too, Eric and I, because you sent it to us. And mm-hmm. once our friends are finished uh, playing it, Justin, we can lend it to you. Uh, we kind of did a random selection of our guilds for the first time, and Eric kicked my butt. Family friendly, I almost said something else. <laughs> 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 um, so he had the crystal, uh, the earth. Forget the other two. It doesn't really matter because those two did like a bunch of damage and I had like plants. Probably fire. Yeah. Fi- fire yeah, he did have lot. fire. He did have fire. I forget what the fourth one was. He didn't really use it that much, I don't think. No, he had the wind. But Oh, wind is such a jerk in that yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> he had all the good ones because we just did random. We were like, we don't know how to play this, so we're going to do this randomly. And I had the sun, the plants, uh, the lightning, I think, and... <laughs> uh, you had a bunch um, of one point damage people. Yeah. Yeah. And so he would put the earth down. And so all my guys got one damage and then he would put the crystal down and then he would attack. And so they would just die. So I didn't have anything. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have no defense whatsoever. I think the final score was like 12 to four, or like 12 to five. <laughs> yeah. So he ticky tacked all your guys. Yeah. Cause I couldn't do enough damage. Well, he's the annoying fly. Yeah. I couldn't do enough damage because they were all like one or two points of damage. And like the best move that I had was the lightning where I would like kill a guy with that, with the last point of damage. And then I would get like an extra point for killing that person using the lightning guy. But uh, it was, it was frustrating. I will admit because <laughs> I do not like losing. I'm very competitive. So. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he beat me pretty bad. So we are lending it to our friends who actually like um, Hearthstone, which is an online game. Um, yeah, Eric says it's this like, would be great. If you like Hearthstone or Hearthstone, this is this is right in line with that. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to try that out and see if they like it. And then once they're finished, I'll lend it to you, Justin, because I think you would like it based on previous conversations. Yeah, you could get Alex to play this for sure. Oh, yeah. So now Jillian, 12 to 4. Now, do you count that as two losses or do you just count it as one? <laughs> oh, man, that's some trash talk right there. <laughs> what we'll count it as what one. What is this, Tim? Coming out of the woods. I'm feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> um, we're counting it as one because it was both of our like first times trying this game. But, you know. Well, who taught the game? Uh, Did you teach it? No, we kind of just like learned at the same time. Like we both read the rules, but Eric kind of was explaining it as we were doing it. So I guess Eric maybe, but yeah, he's a bad teacher. Then that's what you got to say. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You can just chalk it up to that. 
Yeah. As he's sitting next to me, not able to hear any of this, I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. We all like being the pin cushion for someone who knows the game way better than us that teaches us. Oh, Isn't that that's... pretty much Clay and I anytime we play a game with Tim? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Uh, oh. That's my games. I, I've been getting into these. And again, like I said, Bayonets and Tomahawks, I'm going to learn this. And I think it does have a solo mode. I, I can't remember correctly, but... Tim, I'm waiting for you, man. <laughs> French and Indian War time. That's I saw you put that one up there, and I was like, "Oh!" I, I went and took a look at it on, on BGG. It looks it looks really good. It's heavy. The box is pretty heavy. It it looked like a lot of chits. It's got some sexy art though for a GMT oh. game. For GMT, okay, yeah, really let, let's qualify Justin, that. Yeah, I can only imagine how <laughs> <It does> awesome. <laughs> it has a nice Slash cover. News. <laughs> It has beige and it has olive green. <laughs> it's a picture of fall time, so there's a lot of brown in there. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Classic. A little bit more, little bit more beige. There's some brown and some tan and some beige. Yeah, I'm excited for that one, though. Really excited for that. Cool, Jillian. What else do you have other than Rift Four? So you want to keep going with that one? I've been playing like pretty much what Clay's been playing because we've been just like playtesting some games that were sent to us. You know, Tool actually recommended that Clay play Mermies or Mermies, however you say it. So we played that. The Ant game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what what did you guys think of this? This is one I've never had a chance to play. I mean, it's from a few years back, right? Does it show its age or is it <laughs> still pretty sad? Okay, I'm looking at the smiles. Okay, I may hit a nerve. Jill, you go. The is interesting they use creeper font for the um the title which is funny but or i think it's creeper i don't know they they use what like comic sans basically you know it's like a standard font yeah i gotcha it's like you can use you can find it in microsoft where it's creeper font and i think it's that but if not it's eerily similar yeah the artwork is not there but the game itself was fun but I know that there's a lot of people out there that want good artwork with their game. And I don't blame them because it was like really hard to look at sometimes. And I'm not colorblind at all, but it was hard to like kind of navigate the map a little bit. But the game overall, really, really good. I think if the artwork was updated or uh, things were changed about it, it would be a really good game that people might still be talking about today. I just think it got lost because of that, maybe. I... Must say, the graphic design <laughs> was atrocious. Oh, oh my really? goodness. It was bad. They have a giant, it's a, it's, a, it's a game board and it's a hex map, hex grid, but they have these thin black lines in different locations based on a two player game. You got to play in this section and it's the same black line, but in a three, oh. in a three player game, it's completely different. It's like, it's a different shape. It's a different it? shape of the overall shape. I'm looking at pictures and I I can see the black lines you're talking about. Yeah. That's nuts. It's just <laughs> the pieces didn't really fit. The hex uh, pheromone tiles is what they're called. They don't really oh, yeah. fit really well on the game board. Jill, what did you think about the programming in that? The programming being the nurses where do you want to send them to go to work or do you want to send them to go a couple rounds or a couple turns later or phases, whatever, to do a different action like gain an objective or advance on your tunnel track. What'd you think of that? I like that a lot. There's like, 
I like that a lot because there's different ways to go about it. And what I liked about the nurse part was sending them to like do a task or something up in the upper area of the board. The tasks that we had to finish um, had like little squares at the bottom where if you finished it, you placed your nurse there and whoever placed it there first got the most points. And then the second person got, um, I think, like four points. But then the first person still gets points even after you place it there, correct? Like I want. It's like you, a patent. You're yeah. cashing in on the patent. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So it's it's really cool in that way, and I I really liked the gameplay. But yeah, it got lost on me because of the artwork. So Tim, yeah, this game is it's pretty good. It's from I believe 2012. Might be yep, 2014. A, okay. No, that's just looking up 12. And so Jill, uh, me, and Eric at the warehouse were looking at. Man, this. I mean, it was pretty solid. It's a it's a great smooth euro. Very relatively smooth the rule book was translated obviously and i don't think anybody professionally did the translation so there was there's a little confusion there but that's not their fault at all that's just that's not their native language but the graphic design could have done a lot better but we looked at 2012 and just saw the releases that came out that year and it i I think Terra Mystica came out that year and just a lot of different games came out. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> there, this game would easily like if it was a different year, I think it would have, you know, been more noticeable. And I gotcha. I, I've noticed a transition from industrial heavy theme to more nature focused theme, like especially if it came out like within this year, like the last couple of years, it would have been really, sure. really well received. But. There's a, I'm sure there's other things at Essen that happened or whatever that made this game kind of lose sight. I don't know what those were, but after we played this game, I looked up to Eric and Jill and I was like, guys, this makes me just want to play Lignum. It's just like pulling at the strings of Lignum, just like a little bit like scratching, like we're just, we're opening the box of Lignum and we're going to start getting the pieces out kind of thing. And really with that nurse, the, how the nurses work is just so reminiscent of that, but when you think of Lignum, it's all future planning. That's all the game is like, okay, do I need to get these guys now? I'm going to go get my woodcutters, but I need, I'm getting my woodcutters first, but before I even get my woodcutters, I need to know how many people I'm going to have to carry the wood back to my hut. Sure. And that, that happens later on. And that's just one of the future planning aspects in Lignum. I mean, you've got contracts, you've got, shipping the wood back to your all that stuff that comes with lignum it just made me want to go i and i told i told eric and joe i was like guys since you've never played lignum we just got to get this out because i after playing this i I need to play lignum really bad (laughs) absolutely no it's it's funny you mentioned that i was actually looking at lignum yesterday after not looking at it for a while i'll say at least a couple years i was moving some games around and that was one that that popped up that I was uh, very similarly wanting to take a look at it. That idea of the, uh, you know, taking the the wandering walk around and picking up your supplies. Yes. Before you, uh, well, in, in one of the spots is that, what is it? Advanced planning, I think is what it is. That's such an awesome, awesome event. Yeah, that, that mechanism. What special is, ability do I want to have next turn? Yep. The two turns from or now three or three turns, turns from, from now? now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is such, oh, I love that. I wish Ian O'Toole would do the art on a second edition of that. Man. I was, could you imagine? I was, I, I was going to ask you. I mean, that's that it's was like, kind please. of the thing that we felt was kind of uh, 
kind of held that game back a little bit as well. Oh yeah, like was the you know cartoony type art. It, it's not even cartoon. It just hurts your eyes to look at it. <laughs> it's a dude in yellow, like uh, like mustard poop yellow, <laughs> holding an axe. Like, on beige, on, on tan, on, on brown. Tan. <laughs> you just called it the lumberjack game. <laughs> yep, exactly. That game deserves so much better. And I need to do it justice. Sounds like a plan. I really do. It's bothering me. It's like a it's like a personal thing I need to do. Like a, a mission I have. Yeah. <laughs> My life will not be complete until Lignum Second Edition comes out. <laughs> it just just needs that box art yeah. update. That's then it. I can die. <laughs> yeah all right what what else jill nothing really like too exciting a game that we're getting in soon i think that we're both really excited about is oath speaking of good artwork oath looks like it's going to be great and i don't know if you guys know that much about it nice that's that's a leader game right mm-hmm. kyle farron yep and we uh we didn't get the uh whatchamacallit, the Kickstarter. Uh, So we ordered it off of a website that uh, fulfills Kickstarters. And so we just got a game um, from there. And so we get all the Kickstarter exclusives, like a journal and stuff. So we're really excited about that. I saw that some people are getting their games in. So I'm assuming that it's going to take some time for the shop to get it and then us to get it. So we're just waiting for that. But I don't know if we're going to be able to play it anytime soon because we've been focusing on Gloomhaven in Dungeons and Dragons, which that is wrapping up Dungeons and Dragons is we're not even close to finishing Gloomhaven. I think we've done like five <laughs> scenarios. So, um, yeah. Just a couple left. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, once we're done with Gloomhaven, um, like two years from now, <laughs> we'll go to Oath. <laughs> It's going to be Frosthaven, Jill. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> Do it again. Well, by, by the time they're done with everything, there'll be four more iterations. And- <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We're excited for Frosthaven whenever that's going to come to retail. So, yeah. I think whatever. Um, I just hope it doesn't come yeah. this year because it's going to kill all the awards. No offense, Isaac. <laughs> but I got Holy some really words. cool stuff coming out this year that I really want to give it a shot. Okay. Like Can you just like <laughs> do a digital version or something, man? Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I'm excited for Frosthaven as well, just like everybody in the world in the world. Yeah. That'll be a good one. But yeah, we're not doing anything otherwise. Same old, same old D&D, Gloomhaven, nothing too fun to talk about on those two. Now it sounds like your D&D campaign is finishing up. Yeah, um, our DM said that it's going to be about two to four more sessions. He said two, probably he would be surprised if it went to four, but he can still see it going there because we goof around a lot. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, we're in the final dungeon. We're about to go head on with the final boss um, after we get through this room, probably. So yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully I don't die. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Does D&D have official characters? Like you register them on the website or something like that? I know Pathfinder, which is another uh, D&D style game has has i think you actually register and you can take your characters to conventions and do some stuff 
uh, at conventions with some some DMs. So I didn't know if D&D has an organization or something. I'm sure they probably do, but... I'm not sure. I know there's... You make characters through, like, D&D Beyond, but I don't know anything about the whole world of D&D, to be honest. I'm just there to play, get money, and uh, kill goblins. That's, like, my whole well, role. <laughs> fun fact, my wife is actually a D&D champion. Oh. Whoa. She is actually... She has an award. It's in our living room or something. She has won the D&D World Championships. What? That's true. Cool. In like 2014, I think, or something. Or maybe it wasn't World Championships. It was some sort of championship. Do they do that at like a convention or whatever? Yeah, I think it was a Gen Con. Oh, nice. In 2014. That's cool. I, I need to like look into like how that works because I do, like playing it with friends. I don't understand the logistics of setting that up, but I think. Everybody now that I will, I am sorry to any D and D fans that listen to this because my, my, my experience at DMD is very, very limited. But, uh, from what I think she was telling me is they set up a scenario that everybody runs and it's the quickest to finish the scenario. So it's kind of like Gloomhaven, but D and D cause you're just trying to like get through it, I guess. Yeah. So again, if anybody, knows that to be wrong i apologize <laughs> don't yell at me i just it was a conversation we had a while back but yeah that that almost sounds like true dungeon is that oh, true dungeon true dungeon or is that speaking totally of true different. dungeon oh my gosh i i completely forgot about true dungeon <laughs> a true dungeon is something i've wanted clay to do for a while <laughs> and now that i think of it jill has to do true dungeon <laughs> She would love True Dungeon. Um, And anybody who doesn't know what True Dungeon is, True Dungeon is pretty much a real life, like D&D-esque type of thing. But they do it in like the basement of the convention centers. And they set up all these rooms. And you pick a character. You get a card sheet. And you pick a character, uh, whether it be like a paladin or something like that. And everyone has their own little skills and unlocks. And you level up these characters through all the true dungeons, through all these conventions. And you get these tokens that are weapons or armor. And you keep them from convention to convention. And you can level them up. You can buy other tokens, you know, as you go. And you just... So basically, it's about an hour. You have a team of like maybe six to eight people or so, I think. And you go from room to room and you solve puzzles in like actual hands on you set up and actually solve these puzzles or go defeat bosses with these this cool little shuffleboard mechanic where you have to throw your little weapon and try and get it to the closest to like the center of the boss. But the whole time they have the actual like eye like mechanically coming down or somebody playing the character. That's in fun. the room with you so <laughs> it's it's a lot but it's really interesting and yeah. you know if it's something you've never done it's really fun is there like a lot of like role playing in that or is it just like larping you can or whatever where you're just like, no, 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 no. like fighting it's stuff? so <laughs> my friends and i who have uh i've done two true dungeons we didn't i mean there i'm sure there are people that love role playing it or larping it but we just go in and we talk amongst each other because you it's timed. So you mm. want to try and get through. And if you want the maximum number of prizes, which is where you get these tokens at the end for future weapons and stuff like that, 
if you want the maximum number of draws out of the token chest, then you you have to complete it in a certain amount of time. Loot box. <laughs> Loot box. <laughs> I'm really interested. It's really, really fun. And I think you and Eric would enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Jill's never been to a convention. She's going to, her mind's going to be blown when, oh yeah, when it's, it's just going to be. <laughs> We're going to just parade her through everything. Oh. She's going to be exhausted by the yeah. end of the, I'm gonna end be, of the two days. I'm going to be exhausted for like two, well, we all are going to be exhausted for like two months straight because conventions oh, yeah. are back to back to back to back. And I recently saw that BGG Con is in November, so no breaks for anybody because oh my I don't goodness. know if anyone's planning to go to that. I don't know. I if might we go are. to that one this year. Yeah. That's so a it's good. Like, yeah, it's weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend, pretty much now. Yeah. So no breaks. It's on. No time off. It's on. <laughs> Sleep when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of exciting things in the hobby, let's head over to Capstone Corner for some highlights from the president's desk. So some updates. Uh, We got Watergate back in stock, New York Zoo back in stock, but that's already sold out as of today. That game has been selling through like crazy. So thank you, everyone who has been supporting us for that because it's been absolutely crazy. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, we've been pretty busy with restocks. Oh, and Cooper Island came in too. So we have a restock of Cooper Island. New York Zoo is only sold out in US and Canada. I believe we have some in Australia or Oceania and um, Asia and Europe. So um, we should be fine over there. But US and Canada, unfortunately, sold out. Yeah, so Barnes & Noble is picking up the game, and they're going to do it in all of their stores, and Amazon's seeing a large spike, as well as just general retail as well. But we got all Hobby Retail Channel ready to go last week with orders, so it's going to be out there. You'll be able to get it. Um, it's just we can't sell it on our website, really, because we don't have any. So we're going to be reprinting it, though, so yep. that's good. That's what I was going to ask. Is the reprint already kicked off? Yeah, we're actually yeah. going to decide that number uh, this week. We've been on the phone pretty much all day, kind of strategizing on that. Figure out a number and add a zero. You know, sometimes it's like you're rolling a D8 and you're just like, if I roll a one, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. But any other number is okay. And, and an eight is like the perfect. Yeah, you, you did a good job. That's what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. This one is it's not as bad, but we're just trying to figure out what the right number is. So it's been awesome just to see how much. Yeah, I'm going to shut up about New York. Duke. It's an awesome game. <laughs> Definitely get it. But we have some other stuff that's coming in. Juicy Fruits just left the factory as of this recording, April 19th. So we're looking at, I believe, next week is when that's going to get on a boat and start heading over here. No, it is not going to go through the Suez Canal. It is not going to get stopped by the evergreen or ever given. Uh, so we're I not think they've cleared any... it finally, I think. Yeah, I'm so glad we don't have anything on that boat because Egypt's essentially holding it hostage for a billion dollars because of the delays and all the issues it happened. Oh, yeah, my that goodness. That was last week. I don't know the details of what has surmised since, since then, but mm. I saw that and I was like, oh, man, so glad we're not on that. 
it was so backed up. They were going to go around the um, what? Go around the Cape? Yeah, go around the Cape. Holy. Uh, Good Hope or whatever it's called down there in South Africa. That adds like two weeks, I think, of transit time to Europe. So the European shipments are just hosed a little bit on that. Fortunately, we're not in that. Juicy Fruits is shipping out. Coffee Traders and Curious Cargo are we're scheduling a shipment. I believe we've got one. Uh, we're actually figuring that out today and tomorrow what the actual schedule is. So we'll be sending out everybody that pre-order those games an update. Uh, we did get a mass production copy in today and it is perfect. It is so good and it is pre-packaged. We don't have to do anything, but put a label on it and send it to you. It's going to come in perfect condition. So really excited for everybody that pre-ordered that game. Thank you so much. It means a lot. It always does. And really excited for you to get that. So pipeline. The third printing of Pipeline and Rorschach is coming at the end of April. By the time this recording releases, it'll be done and hopefully a boat is scheduled. However, I do want to have one final caveat. The shipping schedule is a nightmare still. In China, there is a shortage of containers. There's a shortage of vessels. I talked to my freight forwarder. They're pulling shipping vessels that are in quote, quote, retirement that are so old. They're pulling them back into service just because of how how much demand there is for worldwide shipping right now. So wow, it's a nightmare to get a schedule. Um, it's a couple of weeks out from when you're ready to go and shipping rates have doubled. We used to pay $4,500 for a 40 foot container to come in. And basically once it's all said and done, it's like 4,500 bucks, including customs and everything. Now it's 8,500. So wow. Yeah, we're really trying to. That's why Jill and Eric, sorry, but we had to. <laughs> we had two containers of water. We had a Watergate and a New York Zoo container come in on a 20 foot container, floor loaded, meaning no pallets. It's just stacked. If you're on our Discord server, you'll see pictures of it because Jillian was really pissed off at me about it. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. Everybody she loves getting that call. Jill, Jill, yeah, I know. <laughs> Jill was cool with it. Eric was cool with it. Everybody, we just got in and had a good time. You know, we're just, you're lifting these bodies. They, they weigh like 15 pounds and you're just, you're just having a good time. I learned about Dorf Romantic, that awesome game on Steam. <laughs> Long story short, hopefully shipping situations get improved within the next few weeks. Hopefully by the time we do the next episode of this, we'll be in a better position worldwide with global shipping logistics. If Coffee Traders uh, was not palletized, I would uh, die. It's got some heft to it, doesn't it? Yeah. It's nine pounds. Nine pounds. And someone actually emailed Eric today, I think, and they were just asking if we were going to have coffee traders at conventions and i know that we're planning to save some back and i was like you need to tell them that they Ooh, need to pick I don't it up think at so. the- oh really no i really don't think so because we cut off pre-orders but the orders from distributors just oh, keep yeah. going up 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 and up and i think we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be sold out like in a month or so okay definitely before conventions well, if they were at conventions, you would have to pick them up at the end of the day because carrying yeah. that around all day would <laughs> suck. Yeah. And sorry, we're not going to hold it for you. We don't want to be responsible for your <laughs> stuff. But anyway, that's not going to happen because we're probably not going to have any. Yeah. So. yeah. It's a heavy, heavy game, both strategically and physically. physically. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
So the questions out there, and we had two of them. How did Capstone grow from its humble beginnings into the publisher that it is today? And when did each podcast member join and under what conditions? So uh, when we started this podcast, we came together as a group to form a uh, you know a list of ideas for topics uh, for each of the episodes. And a couple folks on the Discord server, uh, by name it was Doug Fullstop, iGuitar93, and Merkzo, and I, I think there were even a couple other ones, asked about Capstone's, you know, quote-unquote, humble beginnings. So we thought we'd... Uh, It'd be a good idea to talk about that and, and just the overall origin story. Where did the idea of the company come from? How was it developed over time? And where do we think it's going to go in years to come? So with that, I can't think of a better person to kick it off. Clay, you want to uh, give us a little bit of where this idea started? Yeah. So just basically, I was in love with these heavy games and there just wasn't the availability of them. I think Rio Grande had some solid titles, but the Spielworks titles that were out there, um, even splotters were just extremely difficult to get. There was a void in the the North American market of these titles. And I wanted to create a brand to signify and echo that sentiment of love for heavier, crunchier games that have depth. I did this huge business plan and like looked at what makes this brand unique. I was so focused on the brand, I still am. I don't know why I'm saying was, but at that time I was going through my MBA and just learned a lot about just, you know, fundamental theory and everything like that for running a business and just applied that to, to what eventually came to be capstone. And my whole impetus is just, I want the games that we put out to be games that you will keep forever. There's no reason to sell the game. It's so unique. There's some memories there with it. The design is smooth. It's just a great experience that you've had. I even had the analogy of a, of a cake, like a layered cake, where when you first play the game, you've got surface level. You're just on that first layer. And it's, oh, that was really cool. You know, I didn't know that that was going to happen. And then you leave the game with a strategy in your mind of when I come back to it, I'm going to pursue this or I'm going to do that. And when play number two comes around, your second layer of this cake Things happen differently because the players did something different. And now that position isn't the same as before. And now that strategy is not really viable. It's not really something you want to pursue. So you kind of kind of have to look the other way and form something out. And as you keep discovering these layers, you just start to, to uncover the different intricacies within the game and how to kind of craft and mold the strategy from play to play. And that's really what I wanted for the brand. And we partnered with Spielworks. We had an opportunity. Uh, Justin and I we were at Gen Con in 2015. Yeah, it was 2015. And we had a couple of drinks at this pub. And we were talking about Arkwright. And it was like, based on what we told him, this was like the perfect fit. And so Uli wanted to see a little bit more in writing, like, okay, what's your business plan? We, we, we continued to talk online for a couple months after that. And then after Essen that year, the license contract came over and I was so happy, signed it and did a lot of work on the rule book and just kind of started discovering how the board game industry worked from the ground up just from scratch. And the rest is history. I just really fortunate for how this brand has just kind of stood for what it is and really, really excited about all that. 
Yeah, I think um, I think from the very beginning, I think it was I think you started talking. Maybe it was even earlier than that. You may have started talking about that stuff in like spring that year or maybe it was actually earlier than that. It could have been fall that year or the year before. Yeah. Did we go to the 2014 Gen Con the year before? Because this, yeah. I think that was, yeah. So we had gone to the 2014 Gen Con the year before. And I think at that point in time, you were in Columbus a lot for work. Oh, yeah. So he was taking, you know, lunch breaks and stuff like that, or just a little bit of time after he was done with work to stop by my house and we would play a quick board game before he would go back home. And you were really excited telling me about that prospect. I, <laughs> I remember we talked about. The possibility of developing a our own board game, but then that didn't work out because we're horrible at that <laughs> and coming up with new ideas for mechanics yeah. and that got scrapped pretty quickly. <laughs> but then you you told me you wanted to start publishing and I told you you were crazy for just doing heavy board games and yeah. that you should probably try and and diversify because I don't know how big it is for heavy board games. But you eventually got me to play Arkwright, and it was an amazing game and still is an amazing, amazing, amazing game. That was awesome. Um, I think I've been around in some form or fashion since since the inception. Since then, yeah. Yeah. I also remember I came up with the worst company names, too. I'm bad at it too. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I think at one time I was like, we should call it Single Tree or yeah. something. I was. I don't know where. I think I looked out of my apartment and was like, oh, a single tree sitting there. Let's let's name it that. <laughs> you know, I was so stupid. But yeah, eventually Clay came up with a, a great name and and a good uh, starting point with the company. So. All right, so the name Capstone Games, where where did it come from? Oh, man, this is really on the spot. I don't even remember you actually was that- giving me background on that. You just were like, no. we're going to name it Capstone. It just Capstone. happened. <laughs> yeah, because, okay, so I I was so like in business mode with, I just came fresh out of MBA school and all about like brand identity. What do the people think about you? Because I took so many cool classes about that, like, You'll never see Rolex make a cheap watch. You'll never see, I don't know, just Harley Davidson roll out like, you know, yeah, a, a cheap bike yeah, or whatever. You, you, well, I was going to say, you got, you got Walmart, who's that low cost provider. Yeah, we're not the low got, cost provider. We're the, I wanted to be a premium option out of the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also back that up with the depth of the game and the value of the design that you're, you're paying for. Something that you're not going to, I mean... I beat up on Splendor a lot because I don't beat up on it. I just say this. This is like my go-to is like Splendor. It's a great game. It's fun. I just get bored with it after like five or six plays. I'm like, eh, it's okay. I'm, I, I, I move on from it. You know, I don't need to play it again kind of thing. I like the game a lot. I mean, if somebody has never played it, I will happily play it. I will absolutely hands down play it. But I wanted the brand to be something that you're just continually coming back to like just, Arkwright is something you can just keep coming back to and back to. That's kind of like where it came from. I want it to be like of that caliber. Yeah, you can play Arkwright in so many different ways, whether it be just like even the basic, not adding in the shipping stuff. Uh, I forget. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. What is it called? Spinning Jenny. Spinning Jenny versus Waterframe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, I mean, you could, you can play it short. I mean, short relatively. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> but without so much complexity, and it's still got a lot of depth to it, and you can still have a lot of fun playing it. There's just there's so many different ways you can play it, so many different routes you can take, and it's all fun to try. Yeah, so that's that's where it came from. It is, like you said, Justin, diversification is key. However, when you're first starting the brand, I wanted to solidify that the image behind Capstone before branching out. That's when we did the family brand this year. We did Simply Complex a couple of years ago with the climbers and just not letting the Capstone brand get affected when people see the Capstone brand on like the climbers, for example, I'd be like, what, what is this? Like, this is not mm-hmm. a Capstone, you know what I mean? So that's my whole philosophy behind this is just making sure people that know your brand know it and they know what kind of product they're going to get when they hold it in their hands. And I, I, I'm such a huge proponent of that. Like that's, that's my message, but yeah, yeah, you're right though. You have to diversify because heavy games, while they're great, they're not going to have the market reach as a game. Like, like I think juicy fruits is just going to blow it out of the water this year. When that game comes out, it's just, it's such a good game. I well, mean, the most, in, the most important thing has always been and something we have always talked about is is putting out a product that we would love playing exactly every time and that we think feels good in our hands we've always talked about something being tactile and being able to feel the quality when you open it so those are those are things that when clay has asked me questions i've always kept that in mind whenever he comes to me for advice or something on what what he thinks i would do or you know not that i'm some expert but my role with clay has always been kind of a he bounces ideas off of me i give him feedback and you know whether he takes it or not is up to him but but i've always tried to give him feedback based off of those core values that we've always had yeah creative people need that sounding board yeah i hear you heavy games especially i mean even nowadays it's kind of like what you said clay it's kind of a smaller segment of the market but back four or five years ago it was even smaller i have to imagine so yeah that that makes sense you know heading down that path of simply complex and then adding iron rail and now adding the family brand but again each of them being kind of their own unique offering. Exactly. Yep. A good point with the iron rails is this is a train game, obviously give it one or two tries, different, different games in the series. And you'll know right away, is this for you? Or did I just give you something that you never knew you would like? And um, like Jeremy from man versus people, not a big fan of him. He tried two of them. I couldn't be thankful enough for him trying to. I, I, I tell him all the time, like, thank you so much, because that means a lot to me that you actually tried it to give it a shot. But then when we're at PAX Unplugged, the people that played Irish Gage for the first time walked up to the table and said, I would never have played this game, but it looks so cool and it looks so inviting. And I saw the rules was one sheet of paper. Why not give it a shot? And then they walk away like just mind boggled. Like this is I never thought I would like a game like this. And that right just doing that to people is so cool. It's so rewarding. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of selfish. but <laughs> <laughs> The Iron Rail series is really good, though. It, it's been fun seeing that grow from Irish Gage to now Iberian Gage, where I wasn't really a part of uh, the pre-orders for the first two, but like I am seeing like a thousand pre-orders for Iberian Gage, and I'm just like, 
this is nuts. Like it, <laughs> this has grown so much. Um, yeah. and people really trust in that. So it goes to show that like you've achieved what you want. Like people know that Capstone puts out good product. So they're going to want to get that with, um, something like the iron rail series. And I hope that people can see that in the future with our family brand. Um, because I know it's something new from us, but um, I think I'm just going to bounce off what Clay said. Uh, Juicy Fruits is one of those games where I think it's going to be great once it comes out. I think people are going to absolutely love it once they try it's it. It's going to go bananas. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> from the behind the scenes portion, who's kind of from someone who's kind of watched it go from what it is or what it was to what it is now. It's, it's really cool to see and, and uh, Clay hit on it with the original meeting with Uli. And I remember Clay talking about, you know, there's other people in the run for Arkwright. Uli may give it to one of these other companies. And why would he give it to Capstone who has, you know, barely just got a business experience. plan. Yeah, just got a <laughs> business plan in, has zero experience, you know, just starting up. And I think it was I think it's a testament to Clay and 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 being able to talk to Uli to to keep on him and, and actually get that chance to now companies are coming to Clay and wanting to partner with him in Capstone because they know the quality and that and that's that's happened in actually a fairly short amount of time if you think about it but yeah i mean with the new stuff coming out and all the different lines and 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 games we have at this point i mean like i i can't leave out everybody that's helped out though i mean like everybody like tim justin jill Mm -hmm. you guys here right now even everybody in the past that has helped out it that's the thing with convention workers jill you haven't been to a convention yet i'm so excited for you to experience it because it's just a euphoric atmosphere it just feels like you're literally out you step out of the modern world and you just go into this awesome zone of just like where everybody's having a good time and it's just an awesome experience but the people there can't always do that year after year and so it's just awesome to have the support of people that come out and want to share and and help build this brand and so i am forever thankful for that well, yeah, they did. They volunteer their time without question. And they do it because they love the brand. It's almost been 100% of people, I think, that are familiar with the brand, play the brand's games and do it because they like the people involved and they, they love the games that are put out. So, I mean, that I believe that's kind of where Tim got his start as well, was Tim got started with conventions. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Origins 2017. I stepped into the bubble, into the capstone bubble. That's in that. That's what it always felt like the conventions. I mean, you seriously, Clay, you hit on it. You you almost leave the world, re, the real you world. You don't know what's going on in the news. No, you don't. no, you've, <laughs> exactly. You, you, yeah. I mean, everyone's carrying around a cell phone, but no one's on it for the most part. You're everyone is pretty much fully engaged in the hustle and bustle. I mean, from our standpoint, the hustle and bustle of the booth, getting volunteers in the right place at the right time, getting demo scripts in their hands and getting them up to speed on the games. 
and you know, running for lunch, running for coffee, you know, manning the cash register when we have a hit like Watergate, lining people up around multiple booths <laughs> so they can come, you know, purchase our game when the doors open. That was that was. I don't know if you guys saw anything before that, but that was the first time I saw a line like that at at a Capstone booth. Yeah, Lignum had a little line, but because that came in late, like on Friday, but. Watergate was like, I'm going to go walk around and just talk to people online. That was cool. <laughs> that was, yeah. Yeah, that was, it, it was a neat experience. But yeah, starting off in 2017, I've got a little bit of a, just kind of a history that I ran through here and just the games that I remember. So 2017, that, that was when Lignum, TKR, and the Hashbell Connect uh, expansion came out. And that mm-hmm. was, uh, my wife and I actually came and volunteered with Tony Cowley. Uh, yeah, the, Tony. See, the, that's another guy. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's in Michigan now, too. Yep, yeah. yep. He moved to Michigan, what, about a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. Then um, there was a run of great cover art for our games. Oh, my uh-oh. God. Uh-oh. And then to Lignum and yeah. the Rur. The yeah, the oh, yeah, just, just, just right after that. Yeah. That's a, so that's after Origins. I actually skipped. Um, volunteering at gen con 2017 because i had already had an assignment through double exposure where i was demoing for portal through their program so i was i was just starting to get into the volunteer side because i think we had just gone to conventions maybe maybe a year maybe two years prior to that i think 2015 was our first year hitting conventions as a family uh, and then september uh, 2017 we had a, a demo day, a capstone demo day here in Canton oh, where Clay came. And that was the first time we looked at Race for the Chinese Zodiac. We played yeah. a couple other games. I remember um, Dominant Species. That was the first time I played Dominant Species. and The Meat my, Jungle. Yeah, and <laughs> yep, exactly. The, this is the best Heading down to Meat City. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, you're completely screwed. It was the best move. <laughs> time after time after time. It became the, the phrase of the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, later that uh, that fall, well, in into winter, uh, Clay and I headed to Pax Unplug. Did the, the long drive, the first one. Yeah, yep, that 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 first one, and that was uh, again the 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 climbers was still really hot coming off of a really solid Gen Con debut, and then also we put Wildcatters on the table for the first time there. Yeah, I, I just think back to that was such an interesting crowd. That was that all first, about wildcatters. The and well that and that first climbers. packs that well that first packs unplug. It was just such a an interesting convention crowd. It was so different from any other convention. The dichotomy really was, that we had been. Essentially, you had video gamers from PAX, East, West, everywhere, and you have tabletop gamers converging on this convention. Some people have never seen a board game beyond Monopoly and life and all that. The, they just, I mean, their eyes lit up and that was a cool, but yeah, it was, it was, it was unique. Nobody was buying though at that show. No. Remember that? No, they, they, they absolutely, they walked <laughs> yeah. into this huge network of, of publishers and you could just see the eyes got huge and the jaws hit the floor and no one opened their wallet for three days. <laughs> My favorite was we were demoing the climbers and I've got pictures of this too. It's awesome. I wish we could post them up, but. We have the climbers and Tim's there. You know, Tim did a freaking awesome job. So did Josh. Didn't I mean, I don't think Josh was around at the time, but 
he was talking about the climbers and there's a crowd of like five people deep. I mean, like you got people playing it, but then there's like rows and rows and rows of people like looking up to see what's going on. And they're like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. Great game. I love it. Okay, bye. And like, Wait, was was that got- Climbers XL? No, this is regular no. climbers. Oh, that was no, just regular. We had, we had yeah. stacks of the game up like, you know, it's like 40 bucks or something. And so that was, I had a blast and all right, bye. I was like, you want to buy a copy? I mean, you can have one. You can take one home and re-experience this event. <laughs> no, I'm good, and man. It was. It was. I mean, it, that was, that was. Uh, I think, the first time we were using a circular. The lazy Susan. A circular table. Yeah, it, it, for it. And you're right. Yeah. We had ring after ring after ring of people watching the game. And as yeah. soon as it was done, it was it was, it was a weird show. It was yeah. like rats, rats run into the walls. Everyone just took off. Every year oh. after that, though, it, it more sales happened. Oh yeah, oh, that yeah. lazy Absolutely. Susan changed our convention life with that roundtable with yeah. uh, the climbers. Does the climbers come with this? That's oh, my yeah. favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> then after after PAX was maybe month month and a half. Then uh, Christmas that. The, that year uh, came up, I actually uh, drove with Joe Wiggins over to Clay's house. And um, for the, for, for the first time, that was really the you know first time I met the family kind of, and uh, we demoed Carthago and a few other titles at that time, which was setting up for, for origins the following year. Yeah. Then 2018 was, it was a, a, a sweet year with Carthago uh, doing quite well. Climber still still pulling its weight, and then the estate coming out with its Kickstarter and the pre-orders we did at Gen Con. Oh yeah, that's right. That was a good year at Gen Con. Not not a good year at Gen Con though, because we learned no. we learned people hate pre-orders at Gen Con. They they want to walk away with a game in their hand. They don't want to pre-order something. And mm, that get makes it later. sense. We got like yeah. A handful of pre-orders. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, one of those things. It's it's a learning it's mistake. A, it's it's a lesson you didn't wish you had to. Yeah. You you wouldn't want to learn, but yeah. oh, okay, all right. Well, yeah. it's learned. We won't do that again. Yeah, we did have the Kickstarter to back it up, but it was cool. And then right after that, that was where um, I started working even closer with Clay and and started taking over and helping out with the more the management of the conventions there on, starting with with PAX that year. Yeah. And that's been, uh, you know, just arranging volunteers and just getting everything ready. Like I was saying, getting the demos figured out what we're going to demo, where getting scripts ready and, and just lining people up pretty much easy stuff, easy logistics when you're used to playing uh, the heavy games that we play. Cause I mean, it's really all it is is another game. Yeah. Just you got actual people involved. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've had a ton of fun, uh, you know, throughout the, throughout those through those couple of years, and then and then since then, let's see. Early the next year, Clay asked if uh, Justin and I wanted to become a little bit more official with Capstone, and we uh, actually headed to ACD Game Day. Yeah, with Watergate. That was my first time. Yeah, that was my first time going to what? What are those? Is that a trade show? That's Is a that trade what you'd show, call business that? to business trade show. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's more for the uh, brick and mortar stores, right? So they can come and see the products. Yeah, they get incentivized with a lot of free stuff, uh, giveaways, and get to meet the publishers one on one. And it's awesome because we get to have a nice viewpoint from the retailer's perspective, which we're not privy to typically, mm-hmm. and just how product moves through their stores. And so it, it, you go to these shows and you. you 
it's more about listening to the retailers so you can craft a strategy on how to present your product better for mm -hmm. them so that it can move easily within their store. And that at that game day, I'm pretty sure that was where we played Iron Rail with some of the additional developments. Yes. That we, did, that we uh, had done. Ride the rails oh, at the bar. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, we did ride the rails, and there was a little hiccup with ride the rails that uh, Tim ended up figuring out how to get around. But that was part of the development process. It was something that I believe Clay knew he wanted to do. We just had a little bit of a, a goofy thing to try and figure out um, gameplay-wise in order to even it out. Yeah, I remember Tim figured that out. That so was... you can uh, you can attribute the anytime that you play ride the rails and you That's go, Tim. wow. That's some really cool idea to do reverse turn order. That's that's Tim. That was Tim's idea. One hundred percent. Because it was bogged down without it. It so. was just oh, you're first player for the first turn. Okay, after this turn, the person to your left is first player, and not a good situation in any game more than three players. But out there, and that that was and that was fun. I mean, that was again, it was a good good puzzles to unlock there and actually that was a game i i just posted some pictures on our discord we got to play that this weekend yeah first, yeah that's first time i touched it in a while and that's it still holds up that i mean i i know it's only been a couple of years but uh, i've played it a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. and mm -hmm. pulling it up with some newbies who that was their first train game that was their first um, cube rail game it, you know it was basically one of their first economic even games and not to really call that a heavy economic game but but it, it hit you know all four cylinders with it with everyone so yeah it was it was solid man that was probably one of my favorite capstone trips just because and everybody who probably does conventions gets gets that feeling and as much as we love hanging out with you guys anybody listening the during the day of those conventions what our favorite thing is after the convention sitting down having dinner and then just breaking out like a game for us just to to relax and sit down and goof around and have a drink too it's probably one of my favorite times because we get to talk about the day how it's going how the convention's going and then just relax so, yeah. and if you guys ever, if anybody ever sees us out there and is interested, just stop by and say hi. And, you know, we don't. Absolutely. I actually saw a picture of Gen Con 2017 or 2018, I think 2018, where we were all, me, you, Tim, and Ted Mitchell oh, yeah. were playing time, time of, of crisis, crisis. oh yeah. wow yeah, yeah yeah. i was gonna take a picture and send it to you guys like i can i, I can i can remember exactly where that was yep. that was at the jw and we were on a uh we were on a high uh, top high top table yep <laughs> yeah that's just the oh, yeah that was such a fun time oh yeah because the day before that i had the spiciest moscow mule in history and i wanted to die because <laughs> <laughs> clay had the same thing and he was acting like it was nothing but i <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with spice, but for some reason, I could not concentrate on whatever I was doing. I actually skipped out on Indonesia afterwards with uh, Isaac because I couldn't oh, that's right. handle how hot that thing was. Uh, this is making me excited for conventions because like, I literally have no idea what... The, I mean, you can hear stories and stuff, but I have no idea what I'm going to get myself into 
I can only imagine. So I'm excited oh. to do that. At some point uh, in the podcast, we'll have to go through fun convention stories as as a topic. If the listeners are interested in it, um, we have some pretty good ones. We're not we're not the most boring people all the time. <laughs> but, I don't know about uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the Jill Julian the disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's crazy though. Like not to like touch back on like capstone beginning and stuff because like i'm feeling nostalgic after like hearing your guys' stories but like growing up clay our two other brothers and i would like i feel like we were pretty creative kids growing up we would sometimes like make board games or mostly our brother drew doing so and making up words and dictionaries and all that stuff and (laughs) playing with legos and doing like nerdier things for kids uh, quote unquote, um, just being regular kids. But whenever I bring up that my brother um, did aerospace engineering in college and now he makes board games for a living, they're like, what's the connection there? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's, 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 like, <laughs> it's, I don't, it's not surprising to me from like our childhood together. Like, I don't know. It, it just makes sense that he somehow like got into something like this and it's been really cool to see that from a a sibling's point of view like how much that this has grown because it's been fun to be a part of it for the last like six or seven months eight months now actually so time has been flying but it's been really cool happy to have you absolutely i can't wait for you to i just feel like i feel bad jill because (laughs) The world's been on pause now for 18 months or whatever it's coming up on. And it's just, uh, the fun is coming. I promise. (laughs) Well, that's in, I actually was having this conversation at work. I changed jobs, uh, boy, about five months ago. And the conversation we were having was, was around my only normal there has been their abnormal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's always been the way it currently is. And it sounds like that's a little bit for you, Jill, and how, how it is. You, you've only seen the way it's usually not. Right. So it's, it's going to be interesting when the, uh, when hopefully the floodgates open up here in the next, uh, you know, handful of months and we're able to, uh, get back to some of the activity we had going on in, in 19. Cause I'll tell you what, PAX, PAX Unplugged 2019 was a crazy weekend. Oh, yeah. Pax, Pax with, is with all, so good. Well, with, and it was it was. Oh, it's the, happening this year the too. Size yeah. of, well, it was this. It was the size of the convention. We had so many people there, and we dropped so many solid games all at one time. Maracaibo. That was Maracaibo, Cooper Island, Bus, Crystal Palace. Coop, Crystal Palace. Irish, Irish Gage, Gage was just coming off of uh, what Grand Con, I think, is where yeah. we opened that. So those five were all like pretty Hot. much brand new. A year, a year prior, we didn't have a new release at Gen Con. Yeah. And we basically have five of them at, at PAX, and they all were busy. They yeah. all were busy. Well, get ready for this year, though, because we have some pretty good games coming out. It's going to be the same situation. Yeah. There better be conventions. My God. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Now, without these conventions, I got to say, you know, I'm kind of physically out of the loop and I feel I've been a little bit out of the loop on some of these new games. I got to I got I got to see some of this stuff, get my hands on some of this or at least be able to be able to play them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get any new games unless you guys put it in front of my face. So <laughs> It's top secret over here, brother, sister, and sister's boyfriend. <laughs> wait, wait, what just happened? We're out of the loop, Tim. We've been cut out. We've been replaced, Justin. I know. We've all got to come down to Cincinnati. We're sneaky. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've got some really, really cool things coming out. And like, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a great, great year. Um, It's going to be fun. I'm excited to get thrown into conventions and like tossed around for two months and be tired after that. But (laughs) it's, it's going to be fun. I like stuff like that. So I'm really excited. So Jill, give some people your background real quick. So Clay started Capstone when I uh, was in my second year of college. So I changed my major, as most people do in college, from uh, I was technically exploratory, but I was doing like interior design stuff, but I changed it to fashion design. So I had like really, really, really low level design experience. So Clay came to me and was like, hey, can you do the box bottom? in sales sheet for this game that I'm doing for this company that I'm starting. And um, me being a design student and like really young, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, let's get some experience. <laughs> in. And so um, I ended up doing the box bottom and sales sheet for Arkwright. And that was really cool to see. Play also asked me to make a logo for him. And I made probably the crappiest logo of all time. I, have I wish I had pictures of it, but he asked me to make like stones, like in pyramid, like going up or something of the sort. And I didn't have uh, the illustrator qualifications to make it at the time. <laughs> it was just absolutely horrible. And I remember when I showed it to him, he was just being so nice. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. <laughs> Obviously didn't go with it, which I don't blame him whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was kind of like, my introduction to it, finished college recently, May 2020, worst year to graduate <laughs> of all time. <laughs> and, I feel um, bad about that too. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So graduated in May of 2020. I actually had two jobs lined up post-graduation, but those got canceled because of coronavirus. Um, no big deal though. I... Worked at a smoothie shop pretty much right after that. And then Clay reached out to me in August and was like, do you want to start making ads for Capstone for like GTM and um, which is Alliance's magazine and just some like low level marketing and all that. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, that's really exciting. I would like to get back into design because it's been about three or four months since I've done anything creative and about Two weeks later, I would say, Clay was like, hey, do you want to work full time and work on like sales and marketing together? And so kind of like shot off from there. And it's been great ever since. Like it's been crazy seeing the growth and everything. You know, Clay was like, 
you know, there's going to be a lot to learn when you start this job. And, you know, when you start a job, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot to learn, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still learning today. And I feel like I was just like kind of reflecting, thinking about today's episode while working. And I just feel like I'm just now kind of getting into my like flow of work here. Um, There's lots to juggle because it's a growing company. I'm not complaining at all because it's really fun work. It's been fun learning the industry and the back end of the industry. And it's been fun ever since. And I'm really grateful to be here. Really long story. Sorry. That's great. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I like it. I mean, you're coming into it really well. And there's a lot to learn. There's there's always a lot to learn. I mean, I learn every day. So it's always good to keep continuous learning is good. It's fun. I like the people. I like everybody that I met. So I'm excited to meet people. Yeah. Put a face to the name. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Such a weird time. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's been crazy, but a good kind of crazy. Okay, so with that as the Capstone origin story, let's go ahead and kick over to some listener questions. First one is a a combination of of questions from multiple Discord question askers, but it was, when is Capstone going to be able to offer officially licensed train socks? Train (laughs) socks have been all the rage on on the Discord, and I can't remember. It's been a few weeks. How did that even remember? It's been like Be- months. Because I I think in one of the, I, I was thinking it went back to like January, possibly. It was in one of the, I thought it was in a rule book. Either someone read socks or it actually said socks instead oh, of stocks. Oh, socks. Yeah, it said train mm. instead of train stocks. It was train socks. Yeah. And then it became a thing. And it was, you know, in, in the day and age of meme. That was exact. You know, that's pretty much exactly what happened. Was that Love one of it. our rule books? I think it might have been. Oh. I think we uploaded the Iberian, Iberian? rule book. Yeah. How do we? Yeah. How do they know that we didn't do that on purpose? They yeah. didn't. The game is obviously about socks, <laughs> and that, that's what people thought. They they said, "Oh, this is a message. They're actually going to be making." We throw train in socks. little Easter eggs randomly to get you guys thinking. Yeah, they weren't supposed to find it that fast. Yeah, <laughs> the socks, they the socks they aren't ready. <laughs> we don't even have the design ready, guys. Come on. <laughs> well, it's just crazy because, like, no matter what you say, someone always relates it back to socks somehow, and it's like seamless transition into socks like i don't know how they do it and then there's always like the sock emoji yes. reaction yep. to somebody <laughs> it's messages. all over everything yep. yeah if i get some free time for, yeah. something's gonna happen here <laughs> yeah. man we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna have a unique offering on our website or something <laughs> or people are just gonna get just stuff oh i have an idea uh-oh Nothing. Uh oh, Clay has an idea. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Mark it today, April nineteenth, uh twenty twenty one, nine fifty three PM. Clay had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, crowdfund train socks next Kickstarter for my yes. see it late December. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure something would go up on uh April Fools. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to break people's hearts. I people, there's a lot it. of demand for it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I I really, really thought about it. And I made the joke to Eric the morning of, and I was like, should I do it? And he was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got to invoke Instant some public adjustment. enemy number one. Wait, wait, yeah. doesn't, doesn't Eric run the customer service side of stuff? I feel like he just didn't want to get a million emails. Yep, he didn't want to deal with the backlash. Yeah, (laughs) I couldn't break people's hearts. I don't want to be too mean. I don't. We're gonna invoke your design talents, Jill. Your fashion design. (laughs) Oh man, make some tech packs. You guys don't know what those are. No, no idea. (laughs) I think they're talking. She's talking about one of those fancy coffee drinks again, Clay. Oh my god! <laughs> evolution. What did we call those? I can't remember. Freak. Oh, freaked, freaked yeah. dream. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Freaked. <laughs> that sounds so fresh out of college. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> we had Red Bull to everything, what are you about? guys. Okay, it is not a college drink. Freak Topos. It's so good. Well, okay. That's what it was. On it was Discord, the Topo. I'll explain. That's Topo yeah, Chico I'll explain or something. What freaked, Topo Chico. Yeah, freak Topo Chicos. <laughs> you gotta try them. You guys are being rude. You gotta try them. <laughs> For the rest freak of us, topos. just use Google because nobody else is going to be able to figure this out. That's funny. Oh, don't Google freak Topos. I don't know what's going to come up when you Google that. Tapstone officially does not recommend you Google freak Topos. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Before we go down that uh, rabbit hole. Does anybody just drink Topo Chico, like just straight Topo? Is that what you would you? I, yeah, let me get a straight Topo. You. you lost me at Topo Chico. <laughs> I don't even know what that I is. Just, and... Jill, Jill introduced it to me. It's, this, it's a seltzer, isn't it? Clay made fun of me. I did so last bad. Year in like 2019, <laughs> actually, when I was helping him at the warehouse because I had a semester off um, between internship and. Um, class i was helping him uh at the warehouse in dayton at the time Ugh, um, and oh my god this is when he <laughs> moved to cincinnati recently i was like i just discovered this really good drink from this bar that i went to and it's like topo chico bourbon and just like a little bit of uh lemon and it, like you have the lemon peel in it and it's really really good and Clay was like, oh, I don't know what that is at all. I want to try it. And so I brought it out. And he's like, wait, this is just seltzer water yep. and bourbon and lemon. And I was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, but it's got a cool name. That's <laughs> I guess, so, so I did it. I, I bit the bullet and put it into Google. And it's it's the ultimate thirst quencher, a marriage between what? perfect carbonation and mineral water. Oh, my God. The, the ideal way to stay hydrated. It's the perfect pH level. You all can't see me <laughs> shaking my head, but I'm shaking my head. Topo Chico is good. It's like the standard for seltzer water after like espresso. Uh, it's what about San good. Pellegrino? Boo. Right, you know what's great <laughs> after Topo espresso? Chico. More coffee. More more espresso. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No. By the way, Jill, I'm not trying to derail this too much, but like there is an awesome coffee shop at Gen Con where they have Christmas in a cup and Christmas in a cup. We're going to need it on Friday. <laughs> um, I hope they're still there. Oh, I need to Google that right now. I know. I need to see if they're there. <laughs> see, this is the thing we got to well, do. We got to hit our points. Eric's the coffee guy. <laughs> yeah, Eric's the coffee guy. He's going to have to. Christmas in a cup is just. But they call it, it like is, a blind tiger or something. Or like, yeah, it's yep. called blind tiger. But it is it is a chai latte with a double shot of espresso. 
Oh my god. Oh, so it's just a dirty try with an extra shot Correct. of espresso. Yeah, but they yeah, just what, called it what she said Christmas. They may actually do a little bit put something else in it, maybe a spice or something, but I don't know. I have not been able to find a dirty chai as good as that one. That even comes close. Excuse me, would you call that a dirty chai? A dirty chai. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. That's what it is. Dirty chai. Because you add espresso in it. So the only thing that I have to add is that it <laughs> now, has to have oat milk in it. Now Clay, well, that's one you milk, don't want to yeah. look up. Don't yeah. look up that <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna call it the blind tiger. I'm just gonna walk in. Let me get the blind tiger. And if I go to another restaurant or whatever, I'm gonna order the same thing, and they're gonna know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and <laughs> if, if I figure out what the name of the coffee shop is by the end of this, I'll give them a quick shout out. Yeah, we gotta get our points down on a, on these conventions, like where to go. Boom, boom, boom. I also like to try new things though, so that kind of nixes that <laughs> idea. You can't do both yeah. of those. Never mind. <laughs> Justin, Eric, and I will have the Columbus hookup. I feel like we should make a yes, like a pre-planned, little, pre-planned stuff. Yeah, because I hate playing the. Where do you guys want to go? That game? exactly. That's exactly okay. what I was going to say, Clay. So, you know that. Origins. Oh, I have a Origins, good convention story go for that Franks. at PAX. Oh, we'll save it. Oh, it's so good. Remember that, Tim? Oh, the I know vegan exactly restaurant. what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go for a walk. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, shout out to Georgia Street Grind. Yes. Ooh. Georgia Street Is it, Grind. Are they still open? Yep. They're obviously um, open if you're finding it. I'm thinking. Yeah, they have a five point or 4.9 rating on Google. I, I would agree it. with that. Yep. Now, now we, we went too far. We talked about all this food <laughs> and like drinks and stuff, and I'm hungry. I just want to say that when we... When you guys come here for Origins, we're going to Dirty Frank's. We'll get it's some so hot good. dogs, yeah. Yeah. Clay, you said it sounds gross one time, and I hate you for that. But It does. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> the name sounds good. It's like... But it's, I, I was going to say, it's not it's amazingly like appetizing Senate. sounding. Yeah, it's like the Senate or whatever the Cincinnati restaurant is that makes hot dogs, but better. Because it's actual, like... Um, Are they a truck down Senate? Did you just make fun of Senate? Yes. Excuse me? You need to walk that back. (laughs) (laughs) If you think of anything in Cincinnati that you were like, wow, this is really good. Who doesn't want the Nick Lachey wiener? I'm just kidding. (laughs) This is a family-friendly podcast. That's on the menu. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Kidding. With that, Jill, you want to get this this last question for us? All right. This is going to be a two hour podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right, last question. Okay, first of all, shout out to Doug Full Stop on Discord because he gives us all the good questions, as well as Mercuzo. I feel like you two are doing great. So Doug Full Stop says or asks, "Are there any publishers or designers, etc., that you will practically auto buy a release from?" question mark if i had to go first which i will <laughs> <laughs> my auto buy right now is cole whirly his whirly gig productions pax premier second edition was phenomenal and i just did not like john company the first time i played it and i backed it on kickstarter because it's a cole whirly game and he's doing new stuff with it so i'm excited to even just try it again and want to help him out even though he doesn't need help because he's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the others are Yoris 
Versinga and Yarun Dauman of Splatter Spellin. Pretty much anything they do, Horseless Carriage, when that comes out later, will definitely be on board with that. So those are my two auto-buy designers. Justin, what about you? Uh, for me, I'm not big. I, like, I don't, I'll be honest. I know some big name designers and stuff, but I don't really follow who puts out what. Um, for me, it's typically a, a type of thing, and I'm big on theme when it comes to that stuff. So anything with a little bit of a quirky theme, um, I've been really wanting to find a really good, like a uh, sieve, sieve type of game or city builder. Um, and I'm sure Clay or Tim know a bunch they can recommend to me at some point, but I've been wanting to play some, something a little bit quirky on the theme has been something kind of akin to like a dungeon pets. Cause we've talked about it in the past, uh, not that long ago. And I love the theme of that game. So I'm kind of looking for something like that. And if I can find something like that, it'll be an auto buy for me. Nice. Nice. How about you, Jillian? I think I'm kind of the same, more of a theme person or like, like certain types of games. I will say that I, agree with clay as well i like what cole really is doing i'm gosh you guys are gonna make fun of me i'm new to the industry so <laughs> <You're> new? <laughs> who's new jill <laughs> jill so, do you know what a board go um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just like what he's doing i i've liked pax premiere when we played it pandasaurus has really cool games coming out and like I, I really like the design of some of the games like uh brew is one of their newer ones that looks really cool and if you like ghibli films or ghibli there's like a discourse on how to say it and i don't know um <laughs> i don't even know what that is studio so some anime or something studio yes yeah. ghibli they make some really good anime movies and if you haven't seen them i highly recommend Clay hates anime, and he's made fun of me for watching anime. So I'm, I'm shutting wait, that wait, down. Wait, wait, wait. No, he, <laughs> would, oh, I thought he I would thought love a spirited in the nerdy way. Stuff. I think it's going to be pronounced Ghibli. There's an H in there. That's what I thought. Okay, but <laughs> it looks terrible. I did not like this. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Clay hates animated stuff. I, I feel just, like so. I don't know. <laughs> Which. Give I'm it the a exact shot. opposite. I do. Um, I need to give it a shot. Brew looks like a Studio Ghibli movie or Ghibli or It is Ghibli pronounced or... Ghibli. <laughs> I feel I'm like somebody will let us know. Yeah. <laughs> it looks amazing. It looks cool. And I don't know. I'm a really big proponent of good artwork. So I feel like Pandasaurus has a lot of cool games with really good artwork. So I've been like following their stuff. Themes that I like are co-op and or mechanics I like are co-op and all that stuff. So Gloomhaven, uh, Frosthaven, whatever Isaac Childress is putting out, I probably will buy because he's great. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Do you know Isaac's vegan? This random thought. I mean... <laughs> You guys can go hang out at vegan restaurants because I'm not vegan. And I, this, I was just thinking about when he came over, he visited and we had to go to a restaurant. He's like, where's a vegan restaurant? I was like, oh, I never thought you would ask that because I have no idea. And I don't know. 
just text me. Yeah, and I know. I think <laughs> just my, my, I got a lot of ideas bouncing around, but like at Columbus, we could take him to a cool vegan restaurant in Columbus. Oh, I think he would yeah. really, oh, yeah. really, really appreciate that. You can so, do a little yeah. kitchen. Yeah. Little kitchen food truck, even in the Dublin North Market or whatever yours is called. Ugh, there's so many commune. We got so many good vegan restaurants here. We're going to go crazy. I need to experience a good one. And I know you and Eric have mentioned multiple places all the time, every time you come to the warehouse. So when Origins happens this year, let's do it for sure. I don't. We're going to com. We're going to commune. That's like number one. I'd actually like to do more than just one. I want to do more than just one. Commune is first stop. Dirty Franks has vegetarian vegan options too. Um, That's why I like that place so much. It's hot dogs, vegan, vegetarian. So yeah, we're, we're going to hit up multiple. I'm ready for that. <laughs> All right, Tim, publishers, designers, etc. All right. Well, we might as well go fully around the, the horn with Whirly Gig. That's been, uh, yeah, ever since uh, PAX Premier. I mean, that's definitely leaning into, into that group. And yeah, I was, I was following the John company kickstarter as well ended up back in that so d- definitely a good good call there uh clay do you see how much that kickstarter ended up being i think it no. closed today or tomorrow million because i told jill my bet was a million i think it was like eight hundred thousand. wow and eight hundred thousand for for a game as as eccentric as as john company that's that's pretty sweet we'll see, i love we'll see the if, artwork in this game we'll see how it goes oh yeah the fact oh, yeah european like yep i'm gonna colonize you like yeah <laughs> the barrette whatever the baroque style whatever it's called <laughs> this is awesome man i'm excited <laughs> to play it so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well uh let's see ion games in sierra madre uh, i'll say are always a uh a publisher that i at least take a look at and I would say most of these would be would be that case. I don't know that I have any necessarily complete auto buys, but I got a handful that I'm definitely looking at as soon as I see something coming out. Another one kind of on the other um, other end of the spectrum would be Awaken Realms. Clay, you may begin. Oh, my God. What <laughs> happened to you, Tim? Okay, so everybody pause real quick. Hold on a second. For those of you that don't know Tim, he did his nice little backlog, but he didn't explain one important thing when he started with capstone in 2017 this is the first time i met him he was into euros and stuff and then it was we were playing like three kingdoms and whatever and it was cool still is cool today maybe Mm -hmm. not i don't know i'm I'm totally kidding (laughs) but like he goes into 18xx and deep into it i mean for like was it two years two years two years Mm -hmm. yeah and he's pretty much all i played he knows the nitty-gritty like chip count like what kind of chips are the best like 25s or 20s and all that stuff and i'm like this is super cool because i was kind of leeching off him of like learning the system and everything and then all of a sudden it was war games gmt coin time of crisis churchill all these cool conflict simulation style games which i'm currently in the that that realm right now and then out of nowhere it's like yeah, so played Tainted Grail and, uh, <laughs> and Nemesis. Nemesis is that Nemesis. was it. Yeah, yep. I'm like, I love Aliens the and Alien and Alien Three and all that, mm-hmm. but I 
I'd try it, honestly. You well, got me hooked, man. I'm like, you, I wanted to try it. But like, it's just cool to see your progression into different areas and genres and how you're ex- really exploring them and really getting the experience of multiple games and deep diving into them. I, I love that. I'm living vicariously through you. I'm envious of you. So that's what I want to say. Yeah, no, the, and this is almost a uh, a circle back. I mean, one of the best big box board games that I got into like back when I was in high school was space Hulk. I've never played that, but I know of it. Yes. Based on Warhammer 40,000. And we, I mean, we were playing a little bit of that at the time as well, but that was like, you know, one of games workshops, big board game titles. And again, it's, you look back and the game itself is um, it's questionable at best probably, but uh, there's definitely a lot of nostalgia there, and uh, and you see some similarities, not not completely, but some similarities in some of these new uh, these new games. And again, they're they're pretty hot. They're pretty hot. So yeah, Awaken Realms. Uh, it, and we were talking earlier. Another one that uh, has caught my eye has been the Mythic Battles. Uh, Ragnarok just just closed up today, and I think that was what two and a half million on the wow. Kickstarter. Fourteen day. I think it was a fourteen day uh, Kickstarter. It's crazy. I didn't even know this. I got to look it up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then other ones, uh, you know, getting getting back into the ones that, that folks are probably more more familiar with, or at least uh, capstone adjacent would be Splatter. Clay also mentioned uh, GMT Coin Series. That is of anything on my list here. That is an auto buy. Uh, I've I've got the full series and and will continue with those. Those are those are games. I just I just completely love the um, the asymmetry. And then also the um, the history that comes along with uh, with any of the titles. You'll tend to hear that with with folks. They'll they'll say, "Yeah, they're they're all so similar." But why don't you just pick a setting, and uh, you know, pick your favorite setting, and then you're probably good to go. And I, I really like the system, which has allowed me to explore so many different settings and themes and conflict situations. Is is really a you know it's been a vehicle for me to better understand and better research. Uh, some of these things that I didn't know anything about, like uh, let's see, Colonial Twilight and the French Algerian War. Sorry, I, I really didn't know a whole lot about that until I got a hold of that game and really, you know, dove into into what was going on there. Another one is uh, the DVG Leader series. So that's a series of solo games that they have. Majority that I have are let's see, they're they're air combat based. So Hornet Leader, Corsair Leader, Thunderbolt Apache Leader, IAF, uh, B-17, and then Phantom. So those are all different settings of air combat. And then I've got Sherman Leader and Zero Leader coming in here on a um, on a pre-order as well. So yeah, that's uh, definitely a series I've gotten into in the last, that's been about nine months that I've been jumping into that just as solo games and, and with lockdown and such. That's kind of facilitated. Uh, getting into more solo games, and that that's been a series I've connected with, and then of course, um, Holland Spiel titles. We've talked about those in the last uh, last few months as we've done our uh, done our podcast, our pre practice podcast, and such, ranging from the um, this guilty land, the vote, four uh, X, the um, oh, what is it, the supply lines of the American Revolution? Yeah. Clay, I think I don't think you've been able to play that I, one. Have you, have you been able to play either one of those? No, I've been on a American Revolution kick as well. I've been reading a book about it. Those are two really neat logistics puzzles. Okay. Both another the northern strategy and the southern strategy that I think you might you might get a kick out of. 
Um, Stilico, we talked about that. And, and probably my favorite to come out of, uh, come out of Holland Spiel has been Meltwater. Yeah. Anything that they're dropping, I'm, I'm at least looking at, I'm not necessarily buying everything, but, uh, definitely something that's turning my head. And then from a designer, someone I've been keeping my eye on, especially the last couple of years since he kicked my butt at PAX Premier has been, uh, David Thompson. Oh, yeah. You remember, you remember that client? Yeah, that was fun. I, it was, uh, what was it? BG? Board game. It was a Buckeye, Buckeye Game Fest. It was Fest. Buckeye yes. Game Fest. That's, That's what it was. was. That's right. Played a three-player game. That was a long one, too. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, it was It was a real good one. But, yeah, that's a, that was about it for me. Anything else on our, on our listener questions from folks? I think this is going to be it. God cut it off right now. Oh, here. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, so, so with that, we'll bring this episode to a close. And please use the hashtag AskCapstone if you want us to answer any of your hot questions. This could range from industry questions to game preferences, all the way to personal day-to-day questions. Join our Discord and ask questions there as well in the Ask Capstone channel. Make sure to jump in on our bi-weekly online game nights on Discord. These are scheduled for the first and third Tuesdays of the month. I believe I just saw some, just saw one drop for uh, tomorrow with uh, for bus. But just to give you an idea, those are rotating different games in uh, pretty much on the on the bi-weekly schedule. And join us next time when we'll discuss what appears to be the recent surge in two-player and solo games within the industry. All right. Tim, I'm looking at this Typhon Pledge. Did you do that? The which one? Pantheon, Mythic Battles, Skull with uh, lightning bolts coming out of his eyes. Typhon Pledge. It's like 45 boxes and oh my gosh. Um, You set it up and I'm uh, there. I can neither confirm nor deny. He did it. Oh my God. Oh my (laughs) God. That's $570, ladies and gentlemen. Holy oh, cow. um, <laughs> what's 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 the other one? There's another. Oh, the one. other one's like nine hundred or eight hundred. The oh, that may that may be the one. Oh you did the big dog. What do you? Get? I don't so understand the and, difference. And that's, is though. Well, that's the so what that is. That's the all in for the Mythic Battles Pantheon, which is the Greek and all of its expansions, oh. which came out a couple years ago, and the Norse one. This one, okay. Which is the one that's, that's going right now. That's not a right bad now. deal if you need the previous stuff compared to the... Well, and, and, and that, that was a big thing for me. Is And the other thing I've been getting into a lot lately is just messing around with, with minis yeah. painting. So it's going to be a lot more than just uh, probably just the game. It's also just the, the hobby of uh, throwing some paints on the, uh, on the minis. Yeah, that's cool, man. All right, guys. I got to head out because I am tired 